0: Welcome to the Healthy University Podcast, where we'll be discussing issues of how to be healthier in your life, how to find the solutions to make you a healthier being and live a happier and healthier life. This podcast is brought to you by Bullying Recovery at BullyingRecovery.org. And now your host, Alan Eisenberg. So hi, this is Alan Eisenberg from Healthy University or Healthy You, doing our next episode, which we're going to talk about bipolar. And I have a really good friend, uh, Shane, who I've known since I was 14. So, gee, Shane, what have we known each other? 30, I hate to do this to you, 33 years. So for 33 years, we've known each other. For a lot of those years, uh, Shane actually went off to live with his mother. So we really didn't get to see each other until... Probably about five, six years ago, we reconnected. And about that time, I was going through some rough times and Shane had gone through some rough times and still has because Shane has bipolar. So uh, first of all, Shane, I want to welcome you to healthy university and thank you for uh, willing your willingness to talk about the uh, issue of bipolar, having bipolar and living with it.
1: Well, thanks, Alan, it has been a long time. Yeah few things i've done that long when i'm driving my motorcycle so
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh you know it's, it, it always makes me laugh and you know i won't tell everybody the story about you almost shooting me with your shotgun but uh i'll save that for another show Well, oh, you just
1: I did didn't. You? oh
0: didn't i didn't i didn't i do that yeah so you'll find i'm, I'm a little cheeky like that but uh what i really want to do is, is talk about you and talk about what you go through so i know you know, we know from research that bipolar is one of those um, unfortunate mental disorders that really doesn't have a cure, that, that medicine is really the thing that has to take place within it. But what was, what was your first inclination? Like when I knew you when we were 14, obviously I didn't sense that you had anything going on with you. So how, how did this develop for you? How did you start to know that you were having issues?
1: Well, let me, let me say a few things first. I mean, you know, people say stuff, you know, bipolar, you can also call it Mac depression. Um, you know, there's a lot of things to be said about that, and uncurable, and et cetera, et cetera. But, I mean, I think the true thing is, is that um, with proper life management, you can really do a lot to, you know, contain a lot of the symptoms that we know of. And... You know, when I was younger, I always knew, and we'll get more into that. But when I was younger, there was a lot that I knew was was difficult, primarily because of my parents' divorce and being thrown back and forth. I mean, I moved seventeen times in seven years between high school and middle school and everything. Um, you kind of met me in the middle of that, and um, and that's the reason why our relationship got kind of divided because I was moved to Georgia from Virginia, but um. At the same time, I, I always knew there was something just just kind of difficult, challenging. I mean, I was bullied as well, and I know that's a big advocacy of yours mm-hmm. in life. Um, but at the same time, um, uh, you know, I think it probably didn't really rear its head until my late teens, maybe, or mid-teens or something. Um, you know... The part of Mac depression, a lot of people, you know, I, I like to say Mac depression. I mean, it's bipolar to one or the other. Um, that I like to say is there's a lot of great people in history that battled this illness. And, you know, from Leonardo um, Leonardo da Vinci to Sting to Dave Gahan from, uh, I mean, Abraham Lincoln, one of mm-hmm. the greatest presidents and yet, people don't always realize that he was also one that had the most challenges between the slavery issue and the Civil War, and, and his depression. And yet, he persevered through that like few presidents would have ever done. It
0: you know, is, yeah. It wasn't
1: an upside though. The one to just say really quick is is it it can lead to incredible genius, incredible energy. Um, a lot of time where you're thinking about things that can really, you can push through ideas that few people can. The bad part is that after you go through that period where you're up a lot, it's the crash
0: that hurts you. Yeah. And that's
1: challenging.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't know if, I, I can't even tell in 33 years if we've talked about it, my, my grandmother, um, had manic depression And she was institutionalized a good portion of her life back when we really used to institutionalize people a lot before that sort of ended. And uh, it's really sad because I don't ever think she really got the help she needed. Um, But it is interesting, you know, and I talk about that all the time. All the creative people or all the geniuses, many of the geniuses have either had ADHD, you know, Albert Einstein never really graduated from from high school even or college you know it's it's funny because you know we talk about people with problems you know and i and i had a son who had adhd but but then as they get older you know they say these people become actors singers ceos of companies because they have to juggle so many things at once and their brain is wired to do that naturally but when you're young that's that's not something that works, obviously, when you're going to school and, you know, you're really supposed to be in this rigid schedule all the time. So I think, you know, it is really interesting to understand that there are so many people that, uh, that are known and or aren't known by a lot of people but do have these issues going on. And uh, you know, I thank you for making that aware. Uh, So for you, what were your first symptoms? Like, what did what did you first notice uh, that that was going wrong for you?
1: Oh, I mean, I always had trouble sleeping, you know, primarily because I just kind of came alive at night. But um, people tease and say I'm a vampire. Uh, (laughs) But but the thing is, um, you know, maybe it was just the fact that it was a quieter time when there weren't so many interruptions, I still feel that way that I want to be up and it gives me a chance to kind of do my thing, whether it's creating a new project or working on something that's, you know, interesting to me, you know, whether it's photography or working on my motorcycle or, you know, whatever it is. um, It's that time that just my mind keeps going. And, you know, a lot of people will, I'll just say this. And then on the downside, I also find that I get really sad, um, and I remember that even—I don't know if I was twelve or thirteen—but I mean, I remember there being a period of time where you know this girl broke it off with me, or at least I found her liking some other guy, and it really bothered me so much that I wanted to in my life. Did I? Obviously, I didn't. But I—but the thoughts were there so much. That it just overwhelmed me, and you know, um, I had this. I've always had the strength not to go through, you know, with. I don't like to use the word, but since it might connect with some people, um, I never tried suicide. Of course, never had any, you know, like things I did that put me in the hospital. But I had the thoughts that just over and over and over and over and over and over would just keep going like a broken record. But I always try to have that strength not to go there. So, I mean, there's the highs and the lows there in just a really brief nutshell. But, again, the one thing I want to say, you know, to someone listening or especially a young person is, you know, when you're going through this and you're not sure what's happening and you feel that, that high, maybe the, the time where you, you just can't slow down or stop yourself, hopefully put that into creative uses. Whether, like Alan said, no, you know, Alan's got some acting background. Um, you know, or, or some kind of really cool hobby or photography or woodworking or whatever it is. So you can kind of channel that energy through that in a positive way. Um, and we'll talk about some things like triggers and ways to offset that, that will help the, a lot of people don't always talk enough about, but um, you know, I can just say this to you. So many people in this world that you would never imagine. You can go to Google and type it for yourself, but people that have challenged with bipolar or manic depression that are famous people who mm-hmm. are people you would look at and go, oh my God, yeah, they're awesome. And yet when there was this show, I watched this one actor went around Hollywood to his closest friends and said, hey, how do you how do you manage this? How do you balance this? And the one thing at the end of the show was amazing. He said, I went to all of them and asked, yeah. if the cure right now, to end manic depression or bipolar, would you do it? And he said not one of them would because the high was so good. Yeah. And the truth is, yeah, it is. It's battling the crash. Yeah. So like I said, I'll give you some tips here shortly that will help you with that. But I'm telling you, if you're a creative person or somebody that can channel that energy into something positive – if you really have an edge over so many people.
0: And- well, well, yeah, and and a lot of people don't know this about you and I mean, I'm I'm not trying to embarrass you and I'm also um saying this very honestly is when you showed me as a, uh, Shane as a photographer and and when you showed me your work um as another creative person but as just someone who appreciates uh art and 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 beauty of photography. Your, your work is amazing. I mean, I really think you should be in New York doing fashion photography at the highest levels. You know, y- your work is so amazing. But I know that also that it's in these highs that you experience this. And, and again, we know each other well enough, but, but you have that. And, and, and again, I think a lot of creative people suffer with uh, mental illness. Because really, you know, like we think about Kurt Cobain, and I'm not even sure if he had bipolar or just depression, but, but obviously he took a drastic decision, but obviously an incredibly creative person for his time in Nirvana. Um, but creative people work with their heart as well as their head. And so it's very hard for a lot of people who don't work in that world to understand that when you work with your heart, it really does come out. I mean, you are releasing these huge emotions onto the work that you do. And that that takes a toll. I mean, it does. And
1: But I'll say this to you. When you work from your heart, which I do as well, yeah, it hurts more when you feel any rejection or anybody doesn't like what you do. And I'm not saying that that happens often, but when it does, it feels like a dagger. And, you know, there was a conversation once where we were in a business class and the lady said, Why does it bother us so much when somebody's not happy with our work or with what we do? Because as photographers, we use our heart. You know, we work through our heart. Mm-hmm. And it's not like just going to a store and saying, Hey, give me some milk. Here's the milk, or it's bad. Give me another gallon. I mean, we work through our heart and, yeah, it has more impact so that that part of us that can be sad or depressed or if you don't like someone's song they create or their performance or whatever it is it hurts more and yeah, and it's hard not to take it personally because we put everything into it so
0: and, and you know and I think we learned a lot in the past year with Robin Williams passing you know committing suicide that that clown theory you know that they put on this makeup that we we go out and we put on this makeup of who we want others to see us as But inside, you know, there's this pain, there's this uh, terrible thing going on that nobody's even aware of unless we make them aware of it. So we have to take a short break here, Shane. But when we come back, I'd like to talk about any kind of solutions that you have or that have worked for you or techniques that can help people uh, better um, understand how to deal with their bipolar or just deal with bipolar people in particular. Because I know a lot of people say You know, make poor judgments on what they say or do because they find out someone is like that. But, but obviously that's something that uh, we don't want to have happen. So you're listening to uh, Alan Eisenberg and talking with Shane about uh, bipolar and and living with bipolar on Healthy Healthy University. Uh, We'll be right back after this short message. Deep in a dark hole in the recesses of his mind, Alan tried to bury all the bad memories of the bullying that happened to him. But memories can't be buried, and he would be haunted by his youth and these memories for a very long time to come. Then he must confront and come to terms with his own youth and the things that happened to him. Find out what Alan didn't want to remember. Read A Ladder in the Dark, My Journey from Bullying to Self-Acceptance. Available now at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and most major book retail outlets. So welcome back to Healthy University. I'm here with Shane. Uh, We're talking about bipolar, living with bipolar, and things that you can do uh, to help your life and make it a little healthier. So Shane, thanks for joining me again. And, uh, I'd like to know just, you know, how did, how did you first start to deal with it? How did you, um, what was your first items that you needed to do once you found out you, you had bipolar? Um, well here, let me, let me start with this cause you were talking about Rob Williams for
1: a minute and, yeah. uh, you know incredible actor, great documentary on Netflix right now. If you check it out, I really enjoyed last week, it just came out about his life and everything. But I'll say this to you you know that I goof off at crazy, whatever. And you know, something I it's kind of like my way of dealing with my depression is to be kind of fun and crazy and talk to people and do gags and stuff like that. Um, But the truth is, as I try to tell my close friends, is the more that you see me being crazy, really the more pain that I have inside that I'm trying to mask. And that's, I think, a lot of what Robin Williams did is he was just kind of always on and and hiding that pain that he had inside of him. And, you know, I try to use that as a benefit because this doctor I was talking to recently had nothing to do with my illness, just general you know lady that works on people for acupuncture she was like you know if you had not been through what you've been through your humor and the way you meet people probably you know would not have come and a lot of times that humor that i use helps other people in their day you know kind of feel better um but i i couldn't tell you what like the first things i did or all that kind of stuff i can just Mm -hmm. say this to you My mom was a nurse for a period of time. She gave me a book, you know, probably like most young guys, somebody eventually says, here, read this, check this out, or I think you might have this. And I read it, and, you know, I'm thinking like, okay, whatever, what did my mom give me now? And I read it, and it was like, whoa, this is like so me. And I went to the local mental health facility, and I said, listen, I've got this. And my mom had given me some medicine, lithium in particular, to try and see if it helped. And um, and it did. And then uh, what happened was um, I went in there and I said, look, I've got this. And this is what I need. And this is a dose. And it's helped me, et cetera, et cetera. And they went through three doctors that night. And they were just like, whoa. We have never had anybody come in here and know exactly what they needed. And I was just like, well, I, I, I know this is what I need. And I've been on lithium for about 25 years now. It's been, you know, not, I'm not going to say the magic bullet, but it's helped a lot. Mm-hmm. But there are things that in life that you just need to do that are going to help more. Um, recently, I found out about another um, medicine called gabapentin because anxiety is something I probably have was dealing with equally that I just wasn't saying much about and the gabapentin minimizes my get my anxiety like tremendously that's been the magic bullet yeah but the trigger points that I want people to know and then how to kind of offset them are for me is this is myself you have to find what I call your trigger points and that is um, for me it's lack of sleep
0: yeah
1: disorganization and lack of finances so if you put all three together at the same time it's not a good chain. But yeah. if you're staying up for two or three days at a time, you're not making healthy decisions. So you got to find a way to get to sleep. Some people, maybe they need to exercise. Maybe they need to have yeah. sex. Maybe they need something. <sighs> but, you know, um, the, the thing is, um, well, I say that one because it settles me down. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I, I tell people all the time, I say, you know, when I, when I hit my point where I wasn't sleeping, That's when things went downhill really fast. And every research points to the fact that if we don't sleep, if we don't get the sleep we need, everything else goes away because our brains won't function correctly. And, you know, your brain is meant to turn off and have that rest. And that rest doesn't have a time. You know, one of the interesting things is you, you read reports about eight hours a day or whatever. I knew a guy that slept one hour a day and was the nicest guy on the face of the earth. That did. It's not necessarily how much. It's the quality of the sleep. I think well, that's if I, important. And, if
1: I'm six, I can do pretty good. Yeah. But But sleep's a big one because here's the thing. I'm the poster child for um, sleep deprivation. I've gone nine days without sleep before, and wow. try- I know all about it. But I can tell you this: when you get past that second or even third day of no sleep, it definitely affects you. Even if you want to believe you can do it, and for a while it, it felt like a game because all my friends were like, "How how many days have you been without sleep now, Shane?" But the truth is, what everyone you know doesn't realize is I really want sleep. It's just right. some can't slow down. And doctors are not always quick to prescribe sleep aids, but if you can find something that helps you sleep at night, um that's a big one. Okay? So sleep's a big one. The next one we talked about was disorganization. Whether mm-hmm. your life is, you know, just a mess because of the way that you live, um or just your life is scattered because you're not very organized as far as like how you manage your life, your bills, your relationships, whatever, that's important. And then the final one, of course, is if you if you don't have money, um, you can't pay your bills, you can't put gas in your car, you can't go eat, you can't do the things that you want to do. Maybe even if it's just a simple thing like a hobby or something. So so those are my three important things. But as far as you know, continuing from that, I think. You know, finding creative outlets for your energy is extremely healthy. Yeah. You know, you're meg depressive. Um, as much as, you know, I hate to, to say this, relationships are important. And, like, say, for instance, a relationship you and I have as friends, um, almost like brothers, you know, we've had for many, many, many years, yeah. even if there was a, a break in time. Um, you know, even if I almost shot your foot off, which
0: you know, <laughs> I was very
1: young and playing Rambo and didn't know the gun was loaded. And,
0: yeah, it happens.
1: Let's just say we're safe. We never assume the gun's <laughs> loaded. Or not
0: loaded, yeah. It's but a, always we, assume it's loaded.
1: But here's what I want to say is um, you know, despite all that, it's good to have core relationships with with friends that not only are similar to you that you can talk to, but are also people that you want to aspire to be like, whether they have a healthy relationship with, a, they're married or they're just, um, you know, doing well in life or they have goals. So you can kind of sponge some of that energy from them and say, teach me, show me how you're successful. And that's yeah. really important to have, you know, healthy, successful relationships. But this is the one I want to touch on. And that is, Be cautious about the relationships that you have with, what you know, these days, of course, whether it's other women or other men, you know, whoever's listening to this, um, as far as, you know, the opposite sex, or I guess it could be the same, Um, but the, the thing is, because if that relationship isn't healthy, then it can trigger your manic depression, like, big time. One... You can stay up forever trying to figure out how to make it better. And two, when it's not working, you crash like never before. So, how do you avoid this? Meet people that you know, you know, good people. You can't always tell that. It's not always, you know, you can see the future. But try to be cautious of the relationships. Have healthy things that you do, whether it's, um, you know, Alan's son is into um, uh, uh, professional, um, I don't want to say it the wrong way, rifle. Rifle, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, He's on an Olympic level, so he's putting a lot of energy into that. Um, I'm, i myself as a photographer, put a lot of energy into that. Find something that you're so passionate about and put your energy into that, because it will it will propel you to where people will notice that creativity at the level that exceeds most, because you'll put so much
0: more into it. And I think that's that's really important overall. Is that is that, again, many, many of the people that deal with these problems are, are looking for an outlet. And finding that, that thing that you just love that makes you happy. Um, you know, we're all, we're all sort of scared to be, we, we think it's selfish for ourselves to be happy. But I really believe that without finding our happiness, we can't really offer that to anyone else. And I think that you know you're you're pretty much saying that idea that you know one don't you know cut bad people out of your life don't don't feel like you have to hang on to them just because they're there if they don't make you feel good if you feel you know put down or, or sad you know my my personal opinion is is move along because you know that can ruin so many things for you. And, and take chances and of course as a, as a bullying advocate or anti-bullying advocate, you know, I believe in that very strongly. But also to have that thing that you want to do, you know, for, for me it became going to the gym or, or finding things to keep me busy that I like to do, not just keep me busy. So I could find things to keep me busy, right, but I, want, I wasn't doing the things I wanted to do. I think that's a great point, Shane, that, you know, what people really need to make sure they're doing is finding that. What What is the thing that gets you out of bed? Because, as you know, certainly with bipolar, you, you could end up staying in bed a very long time if you have nothing to get you out of bed.
1: No, it's, it's true. I mean, you can keep yourself busy. It doesn't mean it's always good. Right. Know, that's a whole other subject matter. But, um, you know, some people... Re- revert to a lot of you know unsafe behavior and with bipolar there are things that people deal with um that aren't healthy some of those are you know um unsafe sex um you know like risky relationships just to get that kind of higher that energy or shoplifting or just all kinds of stuff and the key thing is um as hard as it may be you have to resist that that kind of um behavior because it's not going to be healthy for you in the long run. Um, And you know some people seek uh, life through, hey if I make this much money I'll be happy or you know my dad says if I'm an accountant you know then I'll do this kind of, you know the truth is I've made at one point a lot of money and, and sometimes not much at all but you have to be happy with who you are and what you do feel good about it. And of course we need money to sustain our bills and you know, our lifestyle. But I tell you what, you could take somebody that makes a million dollars and has a ton of bills and a massive responsibility and is overwhelmed and drinks all the time. Or you can take somebody that's kind of like making a fair living, not a ton of money, but they're really happy. Maybe they're a photographer, maybe they're a painter you know, whatever it is, or singer, and they just feel really good about what they do in their life. I'd rather be the guy that's happy, that has just what I need, and maybe a little bit of savings as opposed to, you know, working around the clock like crazy because I've been that guy too. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's there's no bulletproof um, method to keep you, you know, the best. But I'll, I'll try to say this. Um, for those of you that are dealing with this at any level whatsoever um, I'm gonna say this to you I'm 47 I was young I was in high school I was picked on got a lot of fights Um, I taught my history class one day because I wanted to do it Um, I've had a radio show I've won numerous awards for business and for photography So uh, I've been in sports, um, I've traveled, I've had a business for a good part of my life. So I know a lot about a lot of things and I know what it's like to go through those ups and downs that really can be incredible and really suck. So all I will tell you is this, write some goals down on a piece of paper with whatever means you have piece of paper, a napkin, a crayon. I don't care, but write them down. These are so critical because if you don't have a roadmap for where you want to go, you'll never get there. That is huge. And two, put a timeline on what is the most important and when you want to accomplish these things. I mean, even if it's something that you believe is unattainable, write it down because you'll Unlock a part of your subconscious that, believe it or not, about 90% of your brain is is working when you're asleep. That's trying to find the ways to achieve those goals, even if you don't have the answers. Yeah. So if you say to yourself you want to do something, put it down, even if it just feels like you can't even do it, and put all the rest of those things in there too. But have goals. I mean, we could talk for an hour oh,
0: well, you, you said some really, really critical things. You know, the first one is there's no amount of money or success that is going to make you feel any better than you do. And I think that's been proven time and again, whether with Kurt Cobain, Robin Williams, Michael Jackson, on and on Whitney Houston. I mean, we, we could go through a litany of people. But goal setting is, is a great one. And, you know, having, having been someone who hated exercise and just completed a half marathon based on goal setting, based on saying, I'm going to do something, you know, once you put it on paper, once you say, or pay the, pay the fee and commit to it, boy, you know, then you have that real pressure to do it. And the satisfaction of actually meeting your goal is an incredible high. Uh, well, Shane, I hate to say it, this is all the time we have. I think we'll have to do another half hour because I know you have another half hour worth of Of information to give, but uh, it so was it was so great what you had to say, and I think that it helps so many people to hear from someone like yourself who has dealt with this for for so long, and has found roads uh, that that make it work for you. So I appreciate your time on the show on Healthy You, and uh, say this real quick. Yeah,
1: just say this and that is, don't think of it as a curse. Believe it or not, can be a blessing. But whatever it takes, just work hard, never give up. Never, never, never. If there's one thing a bipolar person or manic depression person have, and that's relentlessness, is just put forth the effort to just keep yourself well, write down some goals, get some sleep, and just never give up. And that's all I'm gonna say about that.
0: And I always tell people the same thing. It's like, you know it's just around the corner. You know, there's, there's always the next day and just live in the moment. So again, appreciate your time. Thank you for one being my friend and thank you too, for sharing with the audience here. Uh, I think we'll do this again. I I hope you had a good experience and I thank you for being on Healthy University with us. Uh, this is Alan Eisenberg from Healthy University and we look forward to talking to you again on the next podcast. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Healthy University. This podcast is brought to you by Bullying Recovery, LLC. You can visit their website at bullyingrecovery.org or their Facebook page at Bullying Recovery or Twitter feed at BullyingLTE. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Healthy University.